The Sea Podcast. Hello and welcome to the CE Podcast uh, with me, your host Scott McManamy and joined with me as always and I say as always but this is the first one we've done, Henry Capper. Henry, how's it going? It's going well Scott, good to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here too. Henry, for people who don't know you, uh, tell us a bit about yourself in two sentences. Two sentences, okay. Well, I'm Henry Capper, Portadown, involved very heavily in the last 10 years at CE, uh, love football, work for Cumber Baptist Church as a youth worker. I think that's two sentences. I think so too. Uh, my name is Scott McManamy. I'm married to Ruth and we have a wee boy, Elijah. I'm the family discipleship worker uh, at Eden Dairy Presbyterian and I have been going to CE since I was 12, which makes, uh, I think this maybe the 14th or 15th year of me going to CE, which is um, terrifying on so many levels. Um our idea behind this podcast, um, and the podcast hopefully won't last longer than COVID-19, but it's COVID-19 that has inspired us, so this goes out to you, coronavirus, hope you're listening. Um, we want to keep a connection with you guys uh, at home and give you something to do, something to listen to, something to stretch your minds and, and encourage you as well. Um, we've asked you to get in um, some questions to us as well, and they've been flooding in. Uh, Henry, who has been the best questioner so far, in your opinion? best well the most is definitely Anna Atchison I think she wins that scrolls upon scrolls scrolls uh, best question Tom Freeburn by Country Mile Tom Freeburn yeah. right we're going to get to most of those questions in the next podcast um, so make sure you tune in to that if this goes anyway well um one question we want to just start off with, uh, a few people asked it, Anna asked it, uh, Phil Anderson asked it, what have you What have you been doing during isolation, what's the best thing you've been doing over the last couple of weeks? I've been doing, obviously, not as much as the rest of us have been. One thing I have been doing is growing a beard, Scott. Yeah, I see um, that, yeah. So, um, for those who have me on Snapchat, we'll, we'll be able to glean at the wonder that that is. Uh, I've been walking my dog a lot more, um, which he is absolutely loving. He thinks coronavirus is probably the best thing ever because uh, he's getting attention on end, attention that he has never seen before. Uh, and really apart from that is I've been trying my best to be productive and doing a little bit more reading, and a bit more exercise, going for more runs and so on, trying not to to um you know waste my time though at the same time i have been trying to re watch the entire office so that's time well spent yeah time, time well spent. spent i i also tried to uh to grow a beard and just got disheartened after 10 days it just looked like a, a gorilla had shaved its nostrils over my face and stuck it there with pva glue so it was a it was a, <laughs> a bit depressing i've been uh i've been writing some podcast jingles because i have no life uh, as well spend a bit of time with the fam so uh self-isolation hasn't been hasn't been too bad although i am going a wee bit crazy without interaction from the outside world um today uh, henry and i want to talk a bit about the cheery subject of, of suffering um from a from a personal perspective as well at sea i guess we like to hear from you guys in our tell my story nights uh 
I guess the Christianese word that we use for those are, are testimonies. Basically, we want to hear uh, in, in those nights from you guys about God's grace in your lives as you've grown in faith in Jesus Christ and seen what that looks like. Um, and when we do that, we always try and ask a question about hard times or times of suffering in your lives. And that's not because we're white girls who love documentaries about horrible murder cases on Netflix, although I absolutely do. But it's it's because when you look at Christians who've grown in their faith and made an impact for Jesus, they, they almost always have one thing in common, and that's suffering and growing because of that suffering. Now, it's easy for us to set up uh, at the front of the sea and ask you questions and for us to learn from you guys. It's another thing altogether. It's much harder for us to answer those questions. And so Henry and I thought we'd share our own experiences of suffering, I guess, from over the last year or so. We want to share what we've uh, been through, not because we're narcissists, although Henry is, uh, but we just want to share what we've learned uh, and how we've grown and how God has used uh, those times uh, for his glory and for our good. Well, to be honest, once we think of the subject of suffering, we all know right away that it applies to all of our lives. There's no one that is untouched by suffering. doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what age you are, what background, what language, what football team you support. Everyone suffers. And that we can stretch that a little bit further and say that it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, that you are going to suffer. We all suffer in lots of different ways, as Scott's already made reference to. Um, some will suffer because their, their heart gets crushed, because their, their love walks out of their lives. Some people get sick and have illnesses. Some people uh, suffer with mental health conditions. Uh, and ultimately, we will all suffer. You know, people will suffer at some point and, uh, in their lives. And at one point in our lives, we all have to attend a funeral of some of some nature whether that's a loved one uh, your granny or something like that and maybe you might have to stand at the graveside of someone as well it's it's the reality of life that we are going to suffer but one of the things that i love about the bible is how real and honest and raw that it is and jesus makes it very clear to his disciples that People will suffer. Christians will suffer. You know, in this world, we are going to have trouble and tribulation, Jesus tells us. You know, there's no league table of suffering. It's not a, a competition. And I want to simply, and we want to just encourage you guys to think a little deeper as we uh, talk about this and as we share on our own personal experiences of suffering in the past year. We're going to talk about things that have impacted us things that have taught us many things in regards to the suffering that have, you know, embraced our lives over the last 12 or so months. And we're going to start off by sharing um, our stories of suffering and then we're going to lead into some lessons and then the difference that it's made into our lives. And I'm going to start off first in telling the story uh, of my life that many folk will know through CE and further afield. And it's almost coming up to a year, a year at the, the end of April that my mum uh, passed away. My mum was diagnosed with terminal cancer at, in May 2000, at the end of May, start of, or the end of June uh, 2018. And we were told then that my, that my mum would have roughly around 10, 11 months left of her life and that is exactly um, what she got 
I have to be very open and honest and say really up until that point and I'm 27 really once I was around 25 26 I had never experienced any suffering to that extent I had lived a pretty breezy life things had been pretty sweet I had you know broke broke the odd bone you know didn't get into university right away not major stuff but that was the first real extended period of suffering um, that I had that was a really a difficult year you know life seemed to to go um, a little bit slower it seemed to everything seemed to come into perspective and um, I was having to really consciously make decisions and how I spent my time um, and sort of what I would do as really I realized that I had to prioritize uh, being with with my family more um, than ever um, and you know as those you know, 12 months passed um, I watched my mom and um, you know be my mom but uh, obviously get a little bit sicker uh, as the days and the weeks uh, drew in um, and ultimately it came to a point where my mom had to go to to a hospice and then had to to come out a lot and we're really grateful that she was able to spend the last number of weeks of her life um, at home um, and that was that was sweet but that was difficult and nonetheless as 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 I watched my mum uh, um, come to the end of, of her journey um, uh, of her of her life and it's been something that I'll never forget and it's something that has changed me I would say profoundly um, in, in, my, in my life and as I've um, continued to be a Christian and continued um, to to be who I am in, in all that it is well, thank you, thank you for sharing that, Henry. Um, I guess for for me personally, um, where Henry's suffering comes uh, as a result of something happening uh, to his parent, my result, my, my suffering comes from me being a parent. Um, a lot of you will know I'm married to Ruth, and, and we have our wee boy Elijah. And uh, about a year ago, uh, we were sitting as a family, and we were completely ignorant to any problems in life. We had a three week old happy healthy baby as far as we were concerned and uh we were really really tired and working out that we didn't have a baldy clue what we we're doing as parents as it turns out nobody does um elijah was born on the 10th of march 2019 and on the 10th of april 2019 we took him to an appointment at the hospital with an audiologist and uh we were told not to worry before that appointment and so i didn't worry and so I'll never remember, I'll never forget uh, the words coming out of the audiologist's mouth at the end of that appointment, saying that Elijah was at least severely, most prof- most most likely profoundly deaf in both ears. Um, a lot of things go through your head and go through your heart at that moment. Um, it sort of hits you like a ton of bricks and then you don't really even realise that it has hit you. And over the coming weeks and months you sort of learn more about your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings um, you worry about everything that Elijah hadn't heard at that point all the stories we had told even though they don't babies don't understand but all that he hadn't heard all that he wouldn't hear all that he might not hear potential problems down the road you know I even think of my attitude in school towards people with disabilities uh, and I was a pretty good kid at school um and I still know in my heart of hearts that when I saw someone who maybe was wearing a hearing aid or something like that, I would have thought about them differently. I might not have thought I was treating them differently, although now I probably realize I did. 
Um, but when you hear those words and you think of what you were like at school, you think of all well, the people that were worse than you at school and, you know, even just what a hard life Elijah might have. Um, and then you come face to face with the reality that as a parent, as a dad, you're not equipped to, to face these challenges either. You don't know sign language. You don't know uh, anything to do with the deaf community. You're completely clueless. And um, yeah, you're, you're face to face with suffering you've never felt before. Uh, and where where Henry's case is, um, I know grief. I, I guess um, I had a sense of grief, but I also had a question of whether I was allowed to grief. I don't know whether you felt that, Henry. Um, I I think it felt very natural for me. Um, I suppose not until the moment where my mom passed away which was a very strange moment. I think for me, I think for most people who have grieved a loved one, for, for I think most people, and I was the case where it, it very much was, I was not prepared. I thought I was prepared, but I was not prepared. Mm. And then the moment happens and the person uh, passes away and then grief just, uh, it just really explodes onto the scene. Now that's not everyone's situation. Yeah. I know for me, that's, I know that's how I'm geared. That's how I'm hardwired that, you know, I think most people know I sort of get all the emotions out. And, um, I think for those like two, three days, I don't think I've you know cried as much in, in all my day, all my days in such a concentrated, uh, matter of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt very, I think comfortable would be the right word. Yeah. Whereas for me, I, I, I was very uncomfortable with my grief. I had that question of, am I allowed to feel this sad? I mean, after all, it wasn't me who was deaf. It wasn't me who, you know, had lost anything in a sense. Um, but of course, of course, it was absolutely okay for me to feel that way. Um, and then there's the just journey of suffering after that. Um, trying to work out how hearing aids work, how to... The panic and the, the, the fear when you break a hearing aid. Uh, not even when Elijah breaks a hearing aid, when you break a hearing aid, like an absolute plunger trying to wash them. Um, when you have to watch your kid go under anaesthetic for MRIs and operations, when you see your child go through an operation for cochlear implants. Um, if you don't know, cochlear implants are like a, basically help help deaf people hear somewhat. Uh, and even... even uh, last week because of COVID-19 when Elijah got his cochlear implants turned on um, I wasn't able to go in and witness that happening um, and that's that's hard uh, and in those times you know I'm saying this as someone who's theologically trained whatever that means and someone who works for a church but you know in those times you have questions and you have doubts um, you have emotions that you never really realized exist yeah. you um i i talked about how I, I only ever experienced homesickness once as a child that i remember but this last year i've just had a sense of homesickness um on my heart and i just can't shake it um as well as stress which you know for someone who never stresses it, it it's hard um and it's been it's been a year that well it's been a year of suffering to be to be perfectly honest i think i think for both of us yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to the unknown in so many areas of your life. It's it's an unknown experience, you know, you can't really quantify, you can't have some sort of initial prior experience. It was and for me it was it was the unknown of, of the feelings, the emotions that I simply quite 
um, never had before and really what you just said Scott as well is what I had is it's even the thoughts and you know I'll probably get into this in, in a moment but it was the the thoughts that I never thought about before yeah the things that were sort of on the periphery that I was somewhat aware of they were in the sort of realm of the subconscious but I had never really 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 spent time in thinking about um, really had actually given thought to um, and really they in essence they were the big profound questions that we all ask yeah absolutely I think um you know, from our perspective, this is why we want to talk about this, because you look at the world, you see um, the havoc that coronavirus is, is having on our world, on um, how we do life. You know, a lot of you um, don't have school for the rest of the year. You don't have church, you don't have CE, and you might think, no school, that's great. But we know for a lot of you, that's that's a suffering. Uh, and this is causing us to, as a, as a community, as a church, as Christians, especially young Christians who maybe haven't faced this before, uh, come face to face with suffering and come face to face, I guess, with these questions that Henry's talking about. Um, so Henry, I guess the question to look at now is what what lessons have you learned this last year because obviously god doesn't want us to waste our suffering our suffering is never in vain if we are christians if we, if we aren't christians it is but if we're if we are christians our suffering is not in vain so um what what lessons have you learned this past year yeah um i've learned a lot i can't really condense it down i would say really and you know this isn't well, you know, this is, it's bleak, but it's real and it's honest. And actually, once we take time to think about it, it's actually very strangely hopeful. And this all ties into what I've just said. Really, what I, t- what I gleaned and what I learned and what I was taught was just the, the stark reality of death. And, you know, woohoo, that's really exciting stuff. We really want to talk about that. But, you know, I just, you know... It's funny, and without trying to go too much on that tangent, um, I was doing a, a, an assignment um, that I was due to actually, um, I was due to submit actually four days after my my mom passed away, and the day before my mom passed away, I had been slaving away on it, and you know, just in January um, of twenty nineteen, at C, we started looking at Ecclesiastes. And these these two things were just leading me into this this thought process of, of how as as a as a world we just ignore the reality of death. And actually, once I looked at my own life, I, I was doing the same. I just didn't think about it as much as I really should have. I ignored it because it hadn't come to my front door in in the sense of a really really close beloved person in in my life and. Really, what I I was I was I, what I took away from was the reality of it. One of the things that I learned over the last year is, and again, this is something I had never thought about was, I am going to die, and that just had not struck me before. And for I'm sure many of uh, uh, do you know what I mean as as young people as who will be listening to this and for me still in that bracket as a young person I just never thought about that one day I'm gonna breathe my last and you know 
my life w- will be over. I just never ha- had had thought about that. I-, I suppose with when I thought about that, you know, that wasn't just the the worst thought in the world. But it made me give it gave me in perspective of how I'm gonna um, live live my life. And you know, I suppose the the second thing I would I would say in regards to what what that that taught me was. I don't have control of my life and this is exactly how relevant um, um, and what COVID-19 is is teaching us. You know, we do not have control of our lives. Three weeks prior to where we will be, whenever you're listening to this, you would not have expected that you would be here three weeks ago. Um, It's just crazy to think about where we were a month ago and a month ago I was trying to plan all these different things and which are unlikely to happen. (laughs) And that's one of the big things I've, 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 I've learned over the last year. I don't have control of my life, but to end on on, a, on a, one of the lessons I learned that you have to say as a Christian is, and one of the things suffering should do is to stir within us to ask the question: there has to be something more. There's surely this. There's a reason for this. It's an incidental. You know, there has to be. There has to be something that is. There's purpose out of this that is leading to us, um, and you know, there's there's an ultimate purpose that this leads us to, and the hope found in Jesus Christ as our Savior, and that's what the Christian holds on to, that 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 eternity with Him. And that was one of the things that that which really. Yeah, but bug. I'll, I'll probably pause that there. And well, what about you, Scott? What, what What were the lessons that you felt, or what you experienced, and you really thought about over the last twelve months? Yeah, well, I think the biggest lesson for me um, is is that it's okay to not know why. So you know, you find out your kid's deaf, and you have so many questions like, "What? Why has this happened? Why Elijah? Why me? Why Ruth?" Um, and you don't you don't have to know why. In fact, it's probably not helpful to know why. If you if you look at the book of Job, for example, where Job goes through more suffering than any of us will probably go through in our lives, at the end of the book, you know, God restores him, but God God doesn't tell him why. God doesn't reveal why. Because if we if we knew we couldn't comprehend it, we probably wouldn't believe it. Um you know, the day I found out Elijah was deaf, I, I was supposed to be uh, given a sermon at our church's midweek that night, and I was in no state to form a sentence, never mind preach a sermon. Uh, and I went and phoned one of the most godly men I know, and uh, I asked him to fill in for me. And uh, a couple of hours later, a knock at the door, and there he was. And he said he couldn't do anything until he came to see us. And, and that's what he told me. He said, you're not going to know why. And it's not going to be helpful to ask that question. Um, you're just going to have to trust God and cling to Jesus. You're going to have to cling to Jesus. People are going to say things that will hurt you. Uh, the world will throw things at you that will try and mess you up. Um, Satan will attack you and in your innermost thoughts, the thoughts in your heart, and you will doubt. You will not know why, but cling to Jesus. And that was the most helpful thing anybody has said to me, I think, in regards to all of this. It was the first thing that was said to me, and it was the most helpful thing. We're not going to know why, and and I see on Facebook, you know, people sharing all this about COVID nineteen, uh, about why God's doing this and yada yada yada. You don't know, and we don't know, and we're not supposed to know, and that's that's okay. In fact, I'd say it's it's a good thing. God's in control 
and God is good all the time God is good and whatever he does it's for his glory and for our good and so even when it doesn't feel good and even when things aren't good we can trust him uh, and know that he is good I think that's the biggest lesson mm-hmm. uh, I've learned this past year um, obviously things that we learn uh, from the things that we go through mm-hmm. are supposed to make a difference yep what difference have you seen in your your faith I guess um, between this time last year and now mm. yeah as f- again a lot uh, I would say hopefully majority for for the good and for um from a positive point of view yeah i would say one thing that i think a lot of people i'm sure you would say the same scott once you go through suffering is you really become more in tune to other people and what they're going through you know you sort of made the the reference you know in your in your heart of hearts you know in, in beforehand before um elijah that you would have seen someone and you know, maybe had a hearing aid and you know you make an opinion whether that's whether that's right or not and i think for for me you know you would go through you would see someone who went through suffering and sort of part of me would just sort of go oh that's that's tough and sort of oh but you know they're hopefully they're a christian they'll they'll get through it or you know if they're not a christian you'd try to sort of um, lead them in the right direction but it was very like removed and disconnected uh, and because I had never experienced anything to maybe what they had experienced, but that's one of the things that has completely changed. Um, you know, I've had so many conversations in the last year with, with people who who've maybe went through the same thing, and it's been in an incredible way, so encouraging to to chat with them, particularly obviously Christians who 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 have who have the hope of Christ. Um, you know, it's given me uh, an awareness of, of where people are and, you know, to really, truly empathise, not that I've completed that or I'm perfect at that, but to a greater greater extent, you know, that I've been able to see where people are at. And I would say with that, again, without trying to glorify myself, no, by no means, but, you know, my sense of empathy and patience and, and showing grace to folk, I would say has increased as well as you know I I know how much I've struggled on the pain that's been within within my heart that I I know that people need time with us and this isn't going to be a quick fix you know like I said like it's coming up to a year for me and it's still still very still very real that just doesn't go away you know it doesn't really you know it's not as if you just a week later sort of switch back into the gear again um and you know, I would like to think that's been a really big positive difference in my own life. Um, and again, that goes to the whole point of suffering isn't a, you know, it's not an accident. There's 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 meaning and within it, though it's difficult sometimes to you know actually dig deep to find it. For Scott, for you, what has been the yeah, difference? Yeah, I think for you? same. I think I think God has made me a lot more useful to other people. Um, you know when when you know what it's like to suffer uh, and when you've been through the mill uh, I, I think it's just made me same as you a lot more um, just a lot more useful to people I, I am able to relate a lot more to people um, for example there are, there are two other families in my church um, with kids born around the same time as Elijah 
uh, and both of them have um, health problems. Um, they were born just before Elijah, and if I'm being honest, as a family discipleship worker, I thought, what on earth am I going to say to these people? I don't know what they're going through. I don't know how to relate. I don't know how to help. Um, and now I'm able to get so much help from them as well as help them. I know exactly how they feel when they bring their child to surgery. Um, I know exactly how they feel when people make remarks that are supposed to be helpful but just really aren't. I think God's made me a lot more useful. Uh, and I think my trust level has just gone way up now. You know, obviously there's still doubts and questions and fears. Every Christian goes in and out of belief every single day. Um, but I'm a lot more comfortable praying, Lord, I believe, help my own belief. As someone who likes to know everything, and my wife will amen that, um, yeah, I'm just a lot more comfortable not knowing and trusting God. Um, and I'm really grateful to him for that. I had a similar experience actually as well. Scott being able to chat with someone um, and meet them. And they would actually went through an incredibly similar time uh, as well in their life. And, you know, prior to that I don't think I would have had an absolute baldies what I was going to say to them I, honestly there would have probably been a lot of awkward silences and me presenting uh, cliches and actually one of the things you know you said about saying the wrong thing um, I actually I think that's helped me not say the wrong things and not offer the, the cliches and you know for those who are listening and you know they memories are sparking in your brain of when you've said the wrong thing or you've offered some you know you know jeremiah twenty nine eleven verse to, to someone to help them or you know it's going to be okay and you're well-meaning and earnest um you know it's helped me actually say the right things and you know what and i would say this um as almost a form of, of application is it's okay and actually in some cases it's probably the better thing not to say anything at all absolutely yeah well, guys, I hope that has been helpful for you and it has made you think a little bit more about suffering, especially as we have a, a pandemic sweeping across our world. You know, as, as we start this chat and this discussion, we, we made the point that it doesn't matter who you are and everyone will suffer. But the great hope for us as Christians is that we can see a purpose within our suffering and we can have a greater perspective in that. And we know as believers, one day we will go to a place where there will be no suffering. And that's a promise that God gives us when we place our trust in his son, Jesus Christ. And I hope you guys know that and, and particularly in these days are, are clinging um, to that. And that you'd be running to the grace that Jesus offers in, in these days. So... Uh, that's our time done for for now i hope this has been helpful we're going to come back and our second podcast will be filled with your questions which we have got in abundance and i say thank you for that until then keep washing your hands and keeping six feet apart and we'll see you then thanks see you next time